It's time for the 32081 Scoreboard Show. Let's recap the latest weekly scores and highlights from around the county. All righty, and thank you for listening to this episode of the 32081 Scoreboard Show. As always, Mr. Anthony Richards is right here ready to talk high school football. How are you doing this evening, Anthony? I'm doing great, Todd. Always good to talk football. I love talking football. And you know what? We are recording this actually on Monday the 16th. And uh, I was going to open with something, but I don't know if you heard, but there was breaking news a few hours ago that uh, Jacob Curry from Nice High School received his first Division One offer from New Mexico State University, I believe. So congratulations to him. Nice. Yeah, that's huge news. See, we're just breaking stuff right here. And he's a sophomore yes. at Nice, and we're just breaking news right here on 32081. So congratulations. He's had a he's had a heck of a season. He really has. So um, No, yeah, it doesn't doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> I think it's probably the first of many, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. If that's the only one, I'd be totally shocked if that's the only one two years from now. <laughs> yeah, that, that gets the ball rolling. And um so the other thing what I was gonna lead off with which was interesting was I know you were at the Nice game for the first half and then you went over to Ponte Vedra for the second half, but what was interesting was as the second half as we're in halftime, I decided I'm gonna go check what the Ponte Vedra Takoy score was so I logged into NHFS you know the network where you can watch the, mm-hmm. the, the you know the video the live video feeds and stuff and I was like what in the world there was like something like Takoy was winning something like 31 to 6 or something like that I'm going what is going on here you know this is a shocker <laughs> turns yeah. out they had the score flipped so <laughs> I wasn't the only yeah. one that was like whoa yeah. look at the no, score no, that, that wasn't the case at all yeah it was actually going exactly as planned you know if you're a Sharks fan yeah if you're a Sharks fan it was like what so the, yeah and you know the PA announcer heard it, I guess also was like uh it's only as good as the information we get and everyone's going what's going on and yeah the the network actually had the score flipped and other people were watching the game as well so um great service though love NHFS oh, yeah. it's, it's fantastic yeah, no, to be able to catch up on games yeah it's awesome what they do uh, so let's go ahead. Let's um, let's start with the Sharks. I know you weren't over there second, but let's start with them first. So moving on to that game, the Sharks, you know, now find themselves in the driver's seat after beating Takoy in district two and zero in the district. When you were over there at halftime, it was fourteen to six, and then the Sharks just seemed to pull away. How did the Sharks look to you on offense when they pulled away in the second half? Uh, I think it was is they were fueled that you know they were able to get some turnovers so it's kind of the defense um, you know kind of helping helping out create some short fields you know for some of those um, you know to, to help get them going on some of those drives uh, but they also started to hit uh, some deep passes they really started to kind of open it up and it was really the passing game that um, kind of you know helped drive them out of that uh, you know maybe just a little bit of you know just a little bit of funk I mean you're at fourteen six so you still feel in control but. Uh, just helped really helped him find a rhythm. And it was uh, the deep shots that uh, Ben Burke started taking to find his uh, multiple receivers. Yeah, it seemed like there was a – Griffin Owens had a big night. He finished with 92 mm-hmm. yards, two touchdowns, including mm-hmm. a 70-yarder. And then Cole Matson also picked up 86 off of four receptions. And I had heard that Landon Oklo left the game early um, in the first part of the game uh, with an injury, but they expect him to be back, hopefully, is what I'm hearing. Nice. Yeah, I know. I said I didn't see him out there um, running around in the second half. So, let me ask you this: We'll talk a little bit later about the Nice PV game more in depth as it's two weeks away and it's just around the corner. But how big of a test was the Tacoy secondary for Ben Burke in the offense? I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I, I feel like they in the second half they did they did make those halftime adjustments, and then uh, it seemed like the just sometimes the Tacoy uh, secondary just couldn't handle maybe the speed of the 
the sharks receivers uh, because a lot of times they were able to you know or they were biting on you know those uh like double moves and so and then once they got by him it was just smooth sailing and burke could just drop the ball right over top um for to a streaking wide open receiver um so i think that they the sharks uh, speed is what gave them real issues especially there in the second half and they were able to pull away um so I don't know if it's uh, I think the Nice secondary, you know, when you're comparing them to Nice, I think they're more a little more maybe equipped to to run with them, you know, down the field for the length of the field uh, than, than maybe Takoy was. And so, you know, I don't know if uh, you can, you know, say say oh they they really look good against Takoy and then it necessarily translates completely uh, when they face a, a defense a secondary like Nice, but uh, but still it's it's good showing by the Sharks for sure. It's something they can hang their hat on. Now now you started to mention the defense there, and let's switch over to them for a second. Um, we, we talk about a lot about them. Here are the two stats that really stood out to me when I went back and, and really looked at this game. Nine pass defenses and nine quarterback hurries. It seems like that defensive line is really getting to the quarterback. I mean, Ryan Kilmer's a good quarterback, and it seemed like mm-hmm. to hold the Toros offense and, and Kilmer to only six points, that's got to be a real pick-me-up for them. I mean, that that's a successful game right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, it is because they've got a – an explosive offense, you know, they've shown, Takoy's shown, they can, they can score on, you know, just about anyone. I mean, and they, they went, what, toe-to-toe you know, with Beachside, didn't they? Yeah. In the beginning? No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Beachside's offense is obviously, you know, they can throw the ball around, sling it around. So, I mean, that's not a, you know, that was one of the things that, yeah, it was at 14-6 at half at halftime, and, I'm you know, a lot of people probably thought, oh, that's kind of a close score. I was actually just looking, focused more on the six. I was like, that's, I thought it would be more early, you know, maybe like 20-13. to 13. I, I didn't expect six to be up there. And then stay up there through the whole second half. I mean, that's that's uh, just another you know, you know, list of the, the offenses that the Sharks have really just bottled up this year, and and it's probably one of the better offenses they've actually faced um, in the last couple of weeks. So I mean, it's uh, it's a pretty impressive you know task they were able to do. You know, one thing I was able to talk to someone um, that's familiar with the Ponte Vedra program, and I know you and I have talked about the defense and how unselfish they are. And they're like, and I think you even wrote about them being ball hawks this past week, if I remember reading your article recently. And, you know, the one thing they said was they said that you and I nailed it, that it's a very unselfish group on the defense, that they just have one common goal. They don't care about who gets nine tackles, who gets seven, who gets four, that the one thing they're taught is just, go after the ball, get the ball. You know, so I, I feel like it's almost like that replacement movie, you know, give me the ball, give me the ball, Danny. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it really seems like this is a really cohesive defensive group that are just operating as one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, I see that as well because uh, they all, they all you know, get up and cheer no matter who gets the interception. I know uh, Maddox Babin had a nice pick, um, you know, he had a nice run back and then they were all just, you know, just pounding on them because they were all pumped up. You know, that's like, you know, you're a linebacker dropping back in coverage and getting an interception. They were just all happy because, you know, you know, they don't get a lot of opportunities to get picks and, you know, he got one and it's just, they're all just as happy as if they got the interception themselves, which is, is pretty special um, to find, you know, when you're talking about high school kids, you know, that, um, you know, it's just hard sometimes to find that min- that team mentality and get it going. Every coach strives for it. And it just seems like the, the Sharks and their coaching staff have, have, got, have got a bunch that just, be- they truly believe that. They believe in the team first, and, it, and it's showing. Now, it might be a team effort, but I'm going to say I'm very glad that the Babins and the Grecos don't tra- charge us a royalty fee for every time we say one of their kids' names with two on <laughs> each family on there. So it is. L- let me ask you this. I know you're very close to the squad over there. You keep in touch with a lot of the players on, on both both teams, actually, but uh, Ponte Vedra, you're a little bit closer to than I am. Let me ask you this. How is the mood over there 
knowing that Nice is around the corner, another district game. I mean, that's really going to be the district, if you ask me. That game's going to be it right there. Mm-hmm. So, are you going to sense are they are they business as usual? They're focused on Orange Park, or do you think there might be a little bit of of looking ahead? I think from talking to a couple of them after the game, because uh, since I was there for the second half, I, I I feel like they were talking more about Orange Park, which you know leads me to believe that they are just focused, um, you know, one game at a time. Uh, and uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to do too when you I mean what they've lost the first game and now they won, they reeled off six wins in a row. So you start to, you know, it's just human nature to kind of feel like okay, you know, we got this. You know, we we can we can maybe just show up and and beat this team. You know, uh, but I mean, it feels like they are truly buying into what the coaches have pre- have been preaching about this next game up. Like, it's not even a district game, but I feel like, you know, going on the road, they feel like they have, you know, something to prove, you know, every time they go on the road. And I think that maybe will help keep them focused. If that game was at home, maybe, you know, I mean, it might be, you know, they want to show up and put on a show for the fans, but either way, but uh, I feel like they're not, it just wasn't too much ahead of looking at Nice, you know, and, and they, they were just focused on the next uh, the next obstacle, and then they'll worry about Nice, you know, once they uh, wrap up their business and, and beat Orange Park. <laughs> well, and and now speaking of Nice, can we say offense? This was an offense again. Another th- this time though, and you you wrote about this as well. But now they ended up on the winning side of the the equation, right? Um, yeah. And now we know also that even though Flagler Palm Coast put up some some points here, uh, a couple things. One, I cannot remember his, his name, but number four, the running back was not mm-hmm. in the game, I believe, when they played Ponte Vedra. Um, and also there were some injuries that we'll talk a little bit later on the Nice defensive side of the balls that probably contributed a little bit to this. But um, they come away with a 58-43 to victory, which was not as close as the score seems. At least it wasn't to me, and I was there for the game. But first things first, how about Maddox Spencer passing 1,000 yards on the season? Not only that, he does it in style with a 51-yard <laughs> slant down the middle, and he just pulls away like he normally does. They announced it. He got the recognition he deserves as the top receiver in the state of Florida. How big of an accomplishment, Anthony, is this for a high school receiver today? It's huge. I mean, anytime you – any level, you know, college, pro, I mean, you, you pass 1,000 yards – Either it's rushing or or you know receiving. I mean that's a that's a huge, a huge deal. You know it's, it's something to be to be recognized for. That's a lot of work that goes into, you know, in the off season all that. You know that's one of your goals. You don't know, but you know guys don't get to achieve it necessarily all the time. And the fact that he's able to do it and with two games left to spare, so like who knows what number he'll actually finish at. Um, so it'll be fun to see you know how it goes the next couple of weeks and what where he actually does finish. You know. Yeah, and and when you look at Maddox, you got this other kid. His name is Braden Felder. Now, I know him. He finished with 123 yards. This kid eats, sleeps, football, fantastic kid. Um, he's a speedster, too. So it was great to see him get involved. In he, and he's a sophomore. And then Bryce Frick. I mean, you want to talk about a great game with Ponte Vedra and he's coming up. He's a, you know, he was at Ponte Vedra, transferred this year. He finished 13 of 18 for 278 and a quarterback rating of 153.9. So... <laughs> We've been talking about how draft style of offense was coming out a little bit more each week, and it seems like we might be there now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, and it's it just seems so efficient. Um, you know, I think like efficiency is like the key word when you talk about Frick and you know him kind of kind of calling the shots. And really, it seems like the offense as he's developing, the offense is developing, and uh, it's just you know one and the same. And I think it's just. I mean, they've got they've really got things rolling, you know, for sure. And, you know, it's uh, weird. They, you, you know, it's weird you say that real quick, Anthony, because when you say efficiency, you know, you, you, people automatically think you know pass completion or how far mm-hmm. you're running stuff. 
but it's really not. Even when there's an incompletion or a, or a rush for yardage, you're right. It's it's like they got this little confidence. It's like, okay, done, move on. Let's go to the next play. And that's really where they grab you. You might think all of a sudden, hey, we got to Cam in the backfield, and the next thing he's going to break off a 19-yarder. It seems like that's really the style of this team now. Yeah, having that, you know, that, that mentality of, like, you know, quickly erase it and just move on to the next play. Uh, you know, a lot of times people talk about that with defensive backs. You know, you got to have that – short-term memory of like you get beat for a deep bomb you, you gotta you're, you're coming back right back out there and you gotta be able to cover that same receiver you know again but it, I mean, it also translates on offense and i think you're exactly right in the play calling you know drafts is starting they're getting confidence the players themselves drafts is getting confidence in them so when he calls plays he believes that they're going to be able to execute it and if it doesn't work it's okay we'll, we'll execute it next time you know i mean so it's run plays to pass plays, pass plays to, to run plays. It's just everything seems to be flowing in a nice, nice direction. Well, and I don't think the addition of K.J. Perry really hurt because let's, <laughs> let's talk about this. You know, we were excited to see Cam, and then Cam gets hurt. Andrew Moses does a great job holding down, you know, the backfield with Quinn Bradfield as well. Cam comes back, and then also on top of it, we talked about a couple weeks ago how, how he and K.J. are working really well together. Cam goes out in the second half. He had a he had a really good first half, and then, you know, KJ comes in and you know just ticks off 181 yards. Has some great running skills. So it really seems like the running game is clicking, and that's really helping out. I think Bryce Frick being able to have confidence in the running game is there, but it's also opening up those passing lanes because, I mean, you've got to respect the run with Cam Smith and KJ Perry now. Oh yeah, and play action is the best. Oh yeah, is the best way to open up those passing lanes and and um, yeah, and KJ. I mean, watching him, you know, like being there, watching it, you know, from like on the sideline, ground level. It's just his vision and like kind of just he has a knack for just finding the hole and knowing when to cut back, you know, when to kind of like stop start. I mean, it's just that stuff you just can't teach. You're just kind of born with it. If you and if you're a running back, you know, it really comes to fruition and. It's just he's got that knack of feel, and it's very, it's very, uh, it's very fun to watch. It's not just you know point A to point B, but he's got a lot of moves, and he's starting to really, really show how well of a dancer he is on the field. You know. <laughs> yeah, and I and I think the announcer over at uh, the den loves to say Perry with the carry because that's all we were, <laughs> we were here the other night. So, um, before we get to the 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 big matchup in two weeks, and we're gonna talk about that, let's talk about the defense though with the Panthers. Because it's been a little little injury late. I'm I'm sure Drafts is really happy about this bye week right now. Um, but with Elijah Luckett out, they moved Cannon McClafferty over to corner. Um, and you could definitely see, in my opinion, Anthony, in the first half, you could definitely see FPC testing that side. They they were not looking at Creel's side there. They were testing it. And, and you know, Cannon did a good job of, of holding that down and being shifted around. But TJ Knoll also came up with a big game stepping in to the mix and he had 12 tackles just behind Jacob Curry at 14 who we just mentioned um who just got his offer and Creel Carter I, I you know he registered nine tackles but here's the thing I mean they tried to go to him and again he said just don't try it just don't yeah. try coming over to my island because he had some pass defense and breaks so here's my question for you you look at all this they have, you know, injuries at linebacker you know we're, we're waiting for the Noah Hodges to come back the Jack Warks I mean when they get back to full strength with Takoy and Panavidra around the corner for their last two games, how hungry is this defense going to be when they're at full strength? I think they're going to be really hungry, especially, you know, if you've been nicked up and you've been having to, you know, be in and out of games or sitting out the last couple of games, uh, you know, you're hungry, you're, you're ready to go, you know, and the bye week is just going to, yeah, it helps you 
recover, which is great, but it also is just another week that you're not out there playing football. So they're going to be, they're going to be no doubt hungry, um, you know, for when they get, they get cleared and they're, they're ready to hit someone again. You know, I mean, they've been, they've been missing that. I'm pretty sure. So let's talk about that a little bit now with Nice off and, you know, PB is going to play orange park. Like we talked about, and this game's coming around in two weeks. And I agree with you. It's like, you know, Nice now is focused on Ponte Vedra. Obviously, they've got two weeks to look at that. Ponte Vedra, I agree. It just seems to me they've been taking business as it comes week by week to week. So they're going to focus on Orange Park. But as we just talked about, the defense getting back, you know, back together to full strength for Nice. You have Bryce Frick, you know, playing quarterback. Uh, Ponte Vedra transfer over to Nice. I mean, it, it just – and then you got the offenses. you got the receivers. Uh, the defenses are playing great. Without going into it, because we're going to obviously cover this a lot next week's show, is this the must-go-to game of the season in this area? Oh, yeah, I think without a doubt. Uh, and that's why I'm actually, you know, I'm really excited for Nice to get healthy on defense because I want to see both these teams, you know, as close to health, you know, 100% health as possible because I want to see, you know, their their best go up against, you know, the other team's best on the other side. And, uh and uh, so, yeah, I, I want those guys to get healthy and, and be ready. And, um, yeah, and obviously, you know, that I mean, pretty much, you know, I know Nice still has Takoy left after the Ponte Vedra game. But, uh, you know, after seeing Takoy, I think Nice, you know, matches up fairly well, you know, pretty well against them. And so, I mean, this could be basically district championship, you know, without without it actually summing it up if, if Nice does win because they still have another game. But, I mean, that's what – that's what you want from a rivalry. That's what you want. That's why, you know, a couple of years ago when both teams came and in, in, were put in the same district, now it's not just a rivalry, but it's a rivalry with not just bragging Serious rights for the, for the next year. But, yeah, you, you, you have bragging rights plus a championship on the line. I mean, that's – you just can't get much better than that. Now, it seems, no, and, you know, I always tell people, go read your articles at the Ponte Vedra Recorder because they're great. And one thing I've noticed is I've, as I've been reading your articles, and, of course, you know, we don't have coaches, so we don't have coaches telling us to focus on this week's game. We can talk about whatever we want to, right? But as I've been reading your articles, it seems like, and I don't want to put words in your mouth so you can tell me I might be completely off base here, but it seems like as I've read your articles throughout the, the season, you've kind of been like going, oh boy, these teams are now getting, both of them, Nice and Ponte Vedra, they're getting more and more comfortable. These defenses are getting really good. It seemed like you were really starting to see this as I've been calling a train train wreck waiting to happen, it seems like you've been seeing a build over the season in your articles. Yeah, it's fun when you kind of cover, you know, primarily two teams and they and they, they finally, you know, square off against each other. Uh, and, and you can see that growth throughout the year. It's like when it, when it, when the, you know, the date is just so much better where it's at, you know, later in the year, you know, October. So you've got like that, just that football weather. It's just, it, it just seems like a big game. Like it was great at the beginning of the year to start things off. It's all, it's going to be great no matter where it's out in the schedule, but it just seems like, you know, the both teams, you know, just naturally get better as the season goes. So having this game, you know, second to last game of the year or whatnot, is it, just, it seems like this is big time football time of year. And this game fits where it's at on the schedule, you know, coming up next, you know, next Friday, next week, next Friday. I mean, it's just everything just lays out perfectly for it in, in, the, in the atmosphere in the field. Just it just everything just feeds off of everything. The only thing that's not good about this game, Anthony, is leaving Ponte Vedra. I'm going to tell you that right now. That's not going to be fun <laughs> with a beat over the tank. Uh, you guys might as well just either hang out the car for a little bit or what, because it's going to take a while to get out after that game in two weeks. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, so, hey, Anthony, great having you on. Great. I, I'm excited about the I mean, two weeks. Hopefully, we'll, we'll have a great show. I'm, I'm you know, hoping we can put it together for next week, a little couple surprises, hopefully. But listen, I, I you know, let's see what Pontevedra does against Orange Park. Um, we'll, we'll see how the injury front goes for, for, for Nice. And like I tell everyone every week, please be sure to go check out Anthony's articles on on uh, the Pontevedra Recorder, as well as follow him on on X at A-N-T-N-Y Rich. That's A-N-T-N-Y Rich. You've been busy, man. I've been reading. Your your, your tweets have been coming fast and furious. So you're yeah. on top of it because you're talking to all those coaches, the players, and everything else, and you're the first to get it. So I really encourage everyone to go follow you because you've got some great content out there. I appreciate it. I just love covering and, and uh, showing all the great things these, these uh, local athletes are doing. And that'll do it for Anthony Richards. I'm the Todd, and thank you for listening to the 32081 Scoreboard Show. Thank you for listening to the 32081. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show so you can join us for the next episode. I never miss an episode. It's the best. Until next time, take care.